feel like we haven't talked in forever. Yeah, I don't even know how to talk to you anymore. I don't even it's know just either. been too long. We've been we've been through too many things now. It's just awkward. <laughs> this is the end. Okay, goodbye. No, everyone. I'm I'm <laughs> I am just really tired because work has been really crazy and then I do freelance writing for tabletop role playing games and I have a contract coming up. And then I'm also behind on our posts for these because I keep forgetting to do them. Like on the website. Oh yeah, I noticed that because we need Twilight needs to go up. Is did we seriously? Is that the last episode we recorded was Twilight? It was Twilight. Yeah. The Yonkers. Yeah, yeah. Because then you had to go get sick and stuff. I was sick gross. for eleven years. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Nobody else got it, which like is good, but also, what the fuck? Kind of like yeah, like what the hell? Right. It's just sort of like, are they even like your family? Like, do they love you? They didn't, they didn't commit. I don't know. Kind of supported you. And I'm pretty sure the reason I got sick is because I took them to some trick or treat situation at the school one day. And then we had a Halloween themed birthday the next day at a home that had a rock climbing wall inside. What the fuck? That's so cool. It was pretty cool. Um, but I'm pretty sure. At one of those places or both is where I got this like super bug that knocked me out for over a week. Yeah, I imagine it was all the sticky little hands touching the climbing wall. Yeah, or those exactly. bougie ass moms who wouldn't talk to me. Uh, were, were you bullied? No, I wasn't bullied, but like one of the moms came and talked to me, but like all the other ones, I could tell that they knew each other and like none of them ever like introduced themselves or talked to me or anything. I was like, that, why am I here? That sounds, see that that's maybe the real reason I don't want to have kids is that like interacting with the parents sounds of other children sounds terrible. Oh, it's horrible. It's like, I wouldn't do any of these things. I wouldn't interact with anyone if I didn't have to. And of course our kids are super social for some reason. Ugh. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lot, but obviously you and David fucked up there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're we're killing it. Uh <laughs> and we just got off the B ball field. Had a had a B ball yeah. game. Oh yeah, you had a good had a good B ball. I mean, not not you, but your no, oldest, right? No, not me. Yes, my oldest. <laughs> you looked so concerned about even just the idea of you B balling. No. Awesome. Awesome. I don't well be to the ball. Let's um I am so tired and I want to take my pants off and lay down. That sounded really predatory. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird way. It was a weird place to pause. That was that was my bad. You looked right at me when you said that. (laughs) It's really just because I'm spacing out. Let me say that in a less predatory manner. I would like to, in my home alone, relieve myself of my clothes. No, it's just getting weird. Mm-hmm. You know what? Whatever. Let's it's just, getting let's worse. Just, it's just, getting worse. We're starting the episode. Yep. Okay. Riley, it's 1997. Okay. And you and I, we need to come up with a lucrative scheme to make money. What are we going to do? Avon. Ooh, that's a good one. But no, that no. is not the topic. Tupperware. No, that was way earlier. That was, yeah, that was. Is it an MLM? Uh, no. Oh. Well, no. <laughs> okay. 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 Beanie Babies. 
Yes. Yeah. We are entering the dangerous world oh. of Beanie Baby collecting and Beanie Baby counterfeiting. <gasps> yeah. No. That's right. Tonight, we're talking about the boom and bust of the 90s favorite collectible and where there's collecting, there's a market for crime. <gasps> so that's actually where we're going to start this sort of tale. Not with the cuteness, not with reminiscing, with cold, hard criminal undertakings. It is 1998 and Happy the Hippo has been kidnapped. Right out of Jean Marie <laughs> Diario's car. Yeah, you fucking heard that. Happy the Hippo, kidnapped, gone. No ransom note, just gone. <laughs> okay. This isn't the only crime. Over in Ohio, toy distributors prepping for a convention find that hundreds of their plush, plush goods have been snatched out of their own vehicles. Meanwhile, a couple in New Hampshire. Yep, you got something to say? No, I'm just listening. Keep going. Yeah, I'm setting the scene. Okay. Okay. Uh, a couple in New Hampshire are busted for forging how much money in checks? Thousands in checks to buy and flip Beanie Babies for... Flip? Flip, yeah. Buy and flip Beanie Babies for heroin. Ooh. Heroin. Wait, flip into what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Flip, no, like, don't laugh. You... That's a legitimate question. Flip it into what? Okay, so with collectibles, it's often called like if you, you buy something and then you immediately sell it for way higher is flipping so not like a house where you buy a house that's a piece of shit and you make it better i mean that it works like that too yeah okay continue we'll get into it okay there's a 1998 washington postcard article on these insidious crimes and it quotes uh what's his name detective timothy goulden i think and it says he said beanie babies are so innocent and childlike and heroin is so evil, it's the perfect dichotomy. <laughs> he did not say that. Are you shitting me yes. right now? That's a real quote yeah. from, from a real police officer, not a Beanie Baby police officer. <laughs> oh, it I will say, and Washington Post, like I don't want to call you out, but like you didn't specify whether Detective Timothy is a cute little bear with a fuzzy hat or if he's a he was a grown man. Yeah, um, stuffed or not. Please clarify. We'll have to we'll have to just use context clues. I don't know. I don't know if like they wanted a beanie baby to investigate beanie baby underworld. It's there really was a lot lacking in in that Washington Post article. You're right. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's just like, you know, people should do better is all I'm saying. Yeah. No, they should. They should. It's not too late to call them out. So we've gone over some of the crime. Now, what is driving this madness your face is asking me? I am asking with all of my face. The answer, Riley, is the cold, cold fists of supply and demand. Mm, yes. Yep. Now let's look at some background info on how Bean Babes got started. I'm going to be heavily sourcing the documentary, not the movie, The Beanie Bubble, and a Vanity Fair article by Savannah Walsh titled The Beanie Bubble Burst, Inside Billionaire Ty Warner's Furry Empire. What a fucking title. That's a lot of bees. It is a lot of bees. There's going to be lots and lots of bees. Okay, bring it on. Like right now, Beanie Babies, the tiny adorable bean stuffed toys were first released on the market in 1993 to pretty lukewarm success. Like, if, you know, people are like, eh, meh. 
Ty Warner is the man behind these little stuffies. And apparently he was like crazy obsessive about his toys going as far as like he would travel to factories that were producing them and like scrutinize each Beanie Baby just to make sure they were perfect. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was like a little intense. Yeah. Even though there wasn't like a lot of fanfare when they were released, the low sales didn't last long because Warner was about to capitalize on something irresistible. And that is collectability. The toys were great quality. They are affordable for kids because they're just like five bucks. They're very, very cute. And they would soon be marketed with collectible buzzwords like limited edition and rare. So variety plus scarcity is really the secret sauce to collectability, right? And then also it's probably like that and neurotypical people like me who get really obsessive about collecting things. Do you remember? Do you remember all my rock collections? Oh, do I remember? Thanks for passing that on to my kids somehow, by the way. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at one of my rock collections. You're very, you've always been a collector. I've never really been much of a collector, except I did have my collection of briar horses. Oh yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. But that was almost, that was more you of like a, a horse, horse girl, girl thing than like a collectible thing. I mean, it counts though, because I mean, that is like collecting. It's usually in some weird niche, I feel like. Yeah. I just don't feel like I really had any others other than that one. Yeah. No, but I had a lot because I'm thinking I'm like, I collected Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I collected Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. I collected rocks, coins. I feel like you also just had like collections of small, tiny things. Yeah. Just like weird, almost Miscellaneous like kitschy. shit. Yeah. I briefly collected tiny, tiny glass sculptures of animals. Uh-huh. That was a weird one. That's a little odd. You were you were like a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> I really was. I I really, yeah. I, and I still collect a ton of shit right now. Yeah. Which Kelsey loves. She loves that. I, I bet. I, I don't know that I could be with a collector. <laughs> yeah, no, she loves having all of my magic cards and binders mm. just like in the living room. All right. So the collecting is obviously like what really started the craze. But to explain that more, I researched like who was collecting these and obviously kids. But there's there's so much more to the story. You dumb, dumb baby. (laughs) Now, Beanie Babies. So they're introduced at the World Toy Fair. And that's what starts to get the word out. But the real MVPs were Midwestern stay at home moms. God damn it. (sighs) Yep. It's always the Midwestern mom. Well, they needed hobbies. So like in the in the documentary I was watching, some of them were like collecting with their kids. And then like when their kids grew out of it, they just kind of were didn't stop stuck. Yeah, it didn't stop. And then some of it just seemed like they were really, really lonely and maybe depressed oh. and isolated. So Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, no, it was kind of it was kind of sad. Then oh my god. Okay, so there was this guy and I thought it was his wife, but it turns out it was his daughter. And he talked about like how he talked about how like people think we're dating. It was what? It was like he was bragging. It it was so weird. Yeah, that's not cute. People shouldn't think you're dating your daughter. That means that something's wonky. You're too close. Yeah. yeah. Well, they share a beanie baby collection, I think, and it was I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm feeling uncomfortable just hearing it secondhand. Is sharing a collection fun? I I'm trying to think of like I know I like having my own stuff. Well, that's 
that would kind of be my thought too, but I'm very much like, I like my own stuff in my own space. So I just imagine a shared collection of something doesn't sound all that great to me. I'm trying to think if there's anything that would make sense for, I mean, like I have tons and tons of books and it, it did take me a while to be like, even okay with like mixing them with Kelsey's books on shelves. Well, I'm just imagining like, okay, so you and dad, Mm -hmm. what collection would you, would you share? What are dad and I, what are we collecting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you collecting? I guess dad and I could collect football cards together. Okay. All right. Maybe. I mean, I guess it wasn't, the weirdness wasn't so much that they had a collection together. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's just something I did not like. Yeah, with the relationship. No, I just kind of latched onto the shared collecting thing for some reason. I don't know mm-hmm. why. No, that's fair. So like a lot of a lot of moms were into it and you know some of them saw it because like their kids were getting into it there was like this weird article in the newspaper in like one person's hometown so it's, anyways watch watch the weird documentary but okay. they start collecting and then they're calling around to various stores to see if they have beanie babies in stock and because they're not super popular yet. Some stores don't have them. So then they're like, oh, okay, we're getting calls about this. We'll pick them up. And then, you know, word of mouth, as you said, moms talk, apparently just not to you. Uh, but more moms got Ouch. into collecting. <laughs> I would have never been let in on the ground floor. No, you would have missed the the beanie, the beanie bubble, the I beanie would've. high and the bus. Yeah. Would have passed me right by prime How of my embarrassing. life. <laughs> So this ultimately becomes a classic example of just like supply demand scarcity is that these moms are calling stores to see if Beanie Babies are in stock. But because of like this said, like spreading word of mouth and even stores being like, oh, man, we have to carry these. They're often finding that like others have already bought out the store and it, it's just kind of turning okay. into this like collecting fever, a little bit of FOMO, too. Mm-hmm. But what really started the bloodlust, Riley, the beanie bloodlust. I can't handle you right now. (laughs) Is scarcity both manufactured and unintentional. Thai Inc. was pretty smart about like they were trying to get people to give a shit about Beanie Babies, right? Sure. And one of the things that they did was... So they weren't selling them in big box stores. Like they weren't selling them at Walmart and stuff. They were selling them at like these tiny stores. Like if you remember, we used to get them, I think, at like the Hallmark store um, sometimes. But then mostly it was that tiny little shop. Yes. Was it called? Next to the video rental place. Carl's? Is that what it was called? Carl's. Yeah. It was Carl's. Carl's. Yeah. Carl's. Carl had Beanie Babies, whoever Carl was. So many... Yeah, so many Beanie Babies. Yes, they also had little glass figurines. That's probably where you started oh that God. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I still have a tiny glass cat and a pineapple. Of course you do. Yeah, because I, I, it just seems weird to throw them away now. I mean, I've had them <laughs> for like 25 so years that I don't know. I'll unpack that later, though. Yeah, yeah Not yeah, literally yeah. unpack them. They'll stay in a box forever, but emotionally I'll unpack it. <laughs> Okay, good for you. <laughs> so it's Thai Inc., what they had done is they set a limit of 30 per individual toy per store. So like oh. the little Carls can only have 30 of this character, 36 of this character and 36 of that character. And this artificial scarcity was combined with another tactic of a similar sort, which was retiring characters. Uh-huh. I remember that. 
there was an issue with a supplier and Lovey the Lamb was discounted because of it in 1995. In other cases, though, I was reading that like Ty Warner would just get like tired of a particular Beanie Baby and axe it. <gasps> and this this like FOMO really pushed people to start buying up more Beanie Babies because they're worried like which Beanie is going to be gone next. And that's the thing about collecting like so much of it is FOMO. Mm hmm. And I also think that's why neuro, like neuro spicy people get really caught up oftentimes in collecting is like it gets a little obsessive and a little like it's really easy to hyper fixate on and be like, oh, my God, they've only like with magic cards, for instance, like, oh, they only printed 1200 of these in the entire world. And I can get them from this like I can get them from opening these like $40 packs. I must keep opening these until I get one of those cards type of thing. So yeah, like FOMO was a, was a huge thing. And then the next big thing that made Beanie Babies pop was eBay. Because uh. in 1995, so one article sourced that Beanie Babies made up 6% of all of eBay's sales. Whoa. And I've also seen another stat that said at some point it made up like 10%. Oh my gosh. So it was like made for Beanie Babies. <laughs> It's also like the perfect collectible to flip when you're thinking like you get in at five dollars and you like people were some of these like people were reselling for like hundreds of dollars. Put that beanie down, flip it and reverse it. Missy Elliott. You didn't seem confident when you said that and I could tell. <laughs> Sorry, let me let me focus. Put that yeah. thing down, flip it and reverse it. It's better. I like it. I like the energy. That's from, it's a Missy Elliott. Riley, I don't know if I've eaten today. I haven't had enough water. My foot's asleep. <laughs> Have you ever had enough I water? I can't tell. I've been doing much better about being Good. hydrated. I am not. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing great. I got a water bottle and I put cute stickers on it and some of them are cats. Dorbs and they tell you to drink water. When you're dehydrated, yeah, like, they talk to you. Meow, 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 meow. They do talk to me cute. when I'm dehydrated because I'm so loopy and lightheaded. Fantastic. Okay, so you don't know what song I'm referencing is what you're telling me? No, I'm sorry. It's like, when you something, let me work it. Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. She does something. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to cuddle that. Just look it up later. Okay, I would like to request that stays in. <laughs> let's let's get back to uh, the beanies. Okay. So I've introduced, I've introduced collecting. I've introduced scarcity. And now... I, the perfect your song segue is uh, we're we're gonna go into flipping because that is what introduced the criminal element. You remember Happy the Hippo? I I do. I'll never forget Happy the Hippo now. Yeah, I mean Jean Marie's card was uh, filled with Beanie Babies to sell, and a thief made off with five thousand dollars worth of merch. How many beanies was that? Not a thousand. Okay. Flipping, <laughs> flipping is really like what enticed the unsavory behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, like one guy was legitimately selling Beanie Babies on the weekend and making three to five thousand dollars in the 90s. So that's like five to nine point five K mm -hmm. now in a weekend. Whoa. And he was just like at his house. Or his dad's lawn or something, selling them. <laughs> so, lawn. yeah, look, there's a lot of interesting people who are involved in Beanie Baby collecting is what I learned. Yeah. No, Each I mean, their own. I was imagining him selling them out of the like trunk of his car at a parking lot. So 
I would I would love that. But uh, no, he said he was on his dad's lawn. Uh. This, though, like this is what when the collecting is is more about the feeling and there's not a lot of scarcity and monetary value. Criminals are not going to get in on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, yeah, it's like if you're, you're buying. Yeah, you're buying something for like eight dollars and you can only flip it for like ten. It's, it's not it's not worth it. Mm hmm eBay made counterfeiting and swindling easier for people who were because they're like promising to deliver these high value beanie babies. Like somebody posts a beanie baby and they're like, oh, it's five hundred dollars. And then there was a case where this woman like sold like a thousand a thousand dollar beanie baby, collected the money and then just like didn't ship the item. Oh, bitch. Yeah, she got caught and she she had jail time. Can you Good. imagine walking into jail and being like, oh, I'm here because I didn't like ship a beanie baby. You're not going to you're not going to be OK. No, you're not going to be OK. No, you're going to be beaten to within an inch of your life <laughs> with a beanie baby, with a beanie baby. Instead of bag full of rocks, it's just a bag full of those tiny, tiny little beans. Hey, I bet a lot of those beans together, at, you know, with some force aren't going to feel great. Yeah. I mean, you swing anything hard enough and it's going to hurt. Yeah. Especially when it's hitting a soft Midwestern mom. <laughs> we we hurt so easily. <laughs> so, yeah, like there were people who were pulling scams on eBay like that. Other people were just straight up like selling counterfeits. And obviously they're selling counterfeits of like expensive ones. So like you spend $500 on this, you know, adorable red lobster and then it gets there and you're like, what the fuck is this? This lobster only has one claw. <laughs> So, like, you know how we're hypothetically traveling back to 1998 to start up our criminal organization of counterfeit Beanie Babies? Mm-hmm. I'm there with you. If you think about it, what really makes, even though it's so ridiculous thinking about, like, crime surrounding these stuffed toys, if you're trying to make money illegally, are you going to target banks with security or are you going to target collectible, highly flippable toys that don't have traceable serial numbers on them? If you steal like $5,000 from a bank, one, you're probably a pretty bad bank robber. But two, like that is, that's a felony. Yes. And there's there's going to be repercussions for that that like are going to be different than if you like swindle somebody with beanie babies. Like there are going to be repercussions either way. But it's like the difference between that or like uh, uh, trafficking drugs. It's Mm -hmm. like collectibles when they're hard to trace. It's actually kind of interesting. But like looking at actual criminal organizations getting in on like nerdy shit or like collectible shit just because it's way less risky but still super profitable interesting they're not putting drugs in beanie babies are they i mean i'm sure somebody did i didn't come across it but i'm sure someone did don't do that (laughs) that's not what they're meant for it's not the problem though with these delightful assets like any assets, is they're not stable. So now we will be entering the bust era. Okay. There were people who literally spent hundreds of thousands on Beanie Babies as an investment. But that's because they were marketed as an investment, right? I mean, yeah, in, in a way they were, yeah, they were, they were marketed very much as like collectible and they really leaned into the like FOMO and then people, I mean, there were like Beanie Baby web, like collector websites and it got very organized and very intense. I mean, not for kids, like the kids were just living their life collecting right. Beanie Babies, but like for the adults. And then, so yeah, Ty definitely built it up as this like 
you know, went into like the FOMO of it. Mm -hmm. But Thai Inc. would also tank these numbers and um, and its own company uh, because the organization or not organization, but like the company itself got like a lot more aggressive about controlling its product. Uh, History.com cites how Thai registered its trademark with U.S. customs officials so that anyone bringing overseas additions back to the U.S. would have the toys confiscated due to violating import laws. So like what? <laughs> Yeah. So like somebody goes over and sure, maybe they buy like 20, which is like a ridiculous amount. But when you're thinking about like on an individual level versus like a store, you know, it's like it was like people going over and buying a bunch of these like additions that you couldn't get in the U.S. And then they were being confiscated. And where do they Uh, go? Where do they go when they've been confiscated? I guess an evidence locker with all the sad little lonely beanies. Oh, and they all come alive at night. And take their revenge. Yeah. yeah, I would, I imagine. Okay. Are we writing a movie now? Already on it. Okay. Thank you. It gets a little sketchier because in 1999, Ty Inc. sends out this press release and they really like buried an important notice at the bottom. <laughs> it read, all beanies will be retired, including the above. Obviously, this like fucking drove sales mm-hmm. because like people are like, holy shit, they're like, they're not making Beanie Babies anymore. They're like retiring all of them. So people bought them up, which was really great for the company. And then months later, they were just like, mm, JK, we're just producing a new line. Oh, no, no, bro. Yeah. No. Your reaction is how collectors felt because yeah. it did not go over with them. And according to, oh, his name is uh, Bissonnette. He wrote a book, a uh, Beanie Bubble book. And he said that this caused sales to drop by like 90%. Good. Because you shot yourselves in the foot, you dipshits. But then what sucks is like, with understandably people being like, okay, this isn't like, this asset is way too risky. They're not collecting anymore. Which means that like the people, people are left kind of holding the bag where they're like, oh shit, I have, I had like a hundred thousand in Beanie Babies. I spent maybe like 50,000 and now it's worth like 2,000. Oof. That just like gives me like that pit of your stomach feeling. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of people, even like the documentary, you're talking about how like, yeah, you could like send your kids to college if you had a good collection. And it's very interesting. I feel like um, it's, it was like one of the big first really like collectible trends and and Mm -hmm. one that that went across the internet i mean i even remember as a kid i mean obviously i wasn't like an avid you know it's not like we were keeping those in pristine condition but i mean even we bought like the tag protectors to put on them like we had a ton of those and i do remember that mentality of like oh these are going to be worth something someday as a kid Oh, yeah. And it yeah. just no, pisses I remember, me like, off. Yeah, it's. It, it, I feel like it's different if like if the craze started without being pushed by Ty. Yes. And then it's just the, it's the real sketchiness of like cracking down more on on the products mm-hmm. and then just straight up like obviously their their plan with being like all Beanie Babies will be retired is like we're not making anymore. It's yeah. just to like cause this crazy FOMO. And then, you know, they're like, JK buy this new line right yeah that's so yucky when did they sorry and if this is already in your notes um i'll just wait but when did they make that didn't they make like a commemorative princess diana bear they did was that before or after her death 
Do we know? I'm pretty sure it was afterwards. That's kind of what I was thinking. Because thinking back on that now, I'm like, oh, that's, I don't like that. I mean, that seems tacky, doesn't it? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I never, it always seemed odd. I think because I don't exactly love the company, it feels tacky. At the same time, though, it's like, it's not surprising. I think that's something that's such a huge trend. And they were already doing sort of like themed ones. Um, True. It's not like they just released the Princess Diana one. Yeah. I mean, it is still sort of the only one of its type in that way, mm-hmm. but they did have more like themed ones that were for, like, I I felt like they had one for the Olympics or something. I can't quite recall. Yeah. Cause it had um, the rings. You're right. Yeah. I remember as a kid, well, one, I didn't really know who she was, so it just seemed kind of like weird. Mm-hmm. It isn't something that occurred to me as a kid. It's just as we were talking, I was like, oh, wait, did they do that after she died? And actually, I just looked it up. So they released that in October of 1997, two months after she died. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, she was so loved that I kind of, I wonder if the response, though, was positive. Like if people were... I mean, obviously it's like a money grab. I mean, it's a, it's a money grab, of course. Right. But it's more of like, I wonder how adults at that time responded. And if it was like, I feel like it probably was positive and I'm not like judging anybody who bought it, but knowing now what you're telling me about the company and knowing that they did that, it feels yucky now. Cause I'm like, Ooh, you guys were just like capitalizing on like a huge tragedy and knew that people would buy it. Yeah. I feel like it's so situational of of the company because there's like, mm-hmm. I, I like when games or companies pay, why can't I think the word? Homage? Tribute. Tri- or, um, yeah, we're going to go okay. with that. I like when they like pay tribute to a, a person that had like a connection to said product. Yeah, that like, makes sense. I think it, like, it, makes, it makes sense. It is a little odd though. Like I feel like it does, you're right, it does feel a little ickier when it's just like there is no connection. Like I, I guess maybe if, if Princess Diana like loved Beanie Babies, it would make sense. Maybe she did. I, I did not think to look that I up. I didn't think it to um, either. You know, in, in that case, like it would, it would make sense. Yeah. But I just don't trust the tie The T-Y. Yeah. And I mean, he went on like he he really spiraled. There's like a bunch of like tax evasion stuff with him. Obviously, like Beanie Babies ended up flopping. People lost tons of money. And I mean, they did briefly like stop production, but obviously they're making them again now. They just look very different from when we were. Kids. Oh, yeah. And they have all different types of them, too, because they're not like just the mm-hmm. Beanie Babies. They have like the Beanie. Are they called like buddies or something? I don't know. They have all sorts of other little know. animals and like keychains and yeah, it's there's a lot now. So I I have no idea where to work the quiz in, so we're just going to do it Sweet. right now. Can you name any of like the first Beanie Babies? Um, or like what animal? Well, I remember one of the first Beanie Babies that we had was a cat named was it Nibs? That's <laughs> a weird name, or like Nibbles? Oh, I think it was. That isn't one of the first ones, but I kind of remember okay. that. Yeah. Um. There was a lobster, but I don't... Was that one of the first ones? That seems like that would be weird. Yes, you're correct. Really? Pinchers the Lobster was... Yeah, one of the original. Really? That was mine. I have... Yeah, one of the original. Um, What else? I'm mostly just remembering like the ones that we had that I really liked because there was that kind of like wire-haired terrier that we had. I love that I know. It's like one of my favorites. So cute. So dorbs. And then... 
you had that really cute otter. <gasps> yeah. Oh, and child of course, otter it, butt. did have a lot. Otter. <laughs> oh, otter butt. Oh, otter I was butt. so upset when you named that stuffed animal otter butt. My girls are too. They, they got really <laughs> mad at me when I told him his name was otter butt. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's his name. It's been his name for like 15 years. Yeah, you can't change it years. now. They were mad uh, at first and well, now they call him Otter. Now it's fine. But like when I first said they were like, his name is not Otterbutt. I'm like, well, it is. I'm still not fine. It's been. It's his Christian over name. Over a decade. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Otterbutt. Well, let's let's sorry, go sorry. over the Christian names <laughs> of the, uh, the others. So there's Legs the Frog. There's Squealer the Pig. I don't like that. No, I don't like that. <laughs> Did, I don't think we ever had Squealer. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna move on okay. i just don't like that no brownie the bear who is re later renamed cubby flash the dolphin splash the whale patty the platypus chocolate the moose spot the dog and then as i said there's pinchers the lobster i liked the platypus too yeah we did have that one as well yeah mm -hmm. too bad none of ours are in really good condition no none of them and then what's the most expensive beanie baby mm -mm -mm. can you give me like a a hint is might be like we've already talked about it is it the princess diana one yep okay but only like the og release like the og one oh, i think they okay. did like a re-release later um but it's just i guess like pretty rare what's difficult is like seeing really what beanie babies are worth anymore because it's so easy to inflate things like on ebay for instance a little scam that's pretty common is for instance i could take my pinterest lobster I could list it for 15000 And obviously that doesn't mean it's going to sell for that. But like if you don't know eBay and you're going through and you just see that, you're like, holy shit, I could sell mine too. Oh. Now that's not the scammy part. The scammy part comes in like, so let's say I list mine and then you and I have, I'm like 15000 but I'll consider offers and you make an offer. And I tell you, I'm like, just make me an offer of $2. So then when it's sold, you see that it was listed for 15,000 and it sold. And it, if you're really looking at it, you can see like it'll cross it out and be like, or best offer, but you don't know how much that is. So it kind of, oh. it does kind of make it look like it sold for that much. Why don't they change that? I you'd have to talk to Mr. or Mrs. eBay. To Dr. eBay? Okay. Because that to seems Dr. like eBay. something that they could probably pretty easily fix with like a programming flip of the switch. Yeah, I think it's, well, I think the reason that they don't is because the, well, I mean, the best offer is private between whoever made the offer and the seller, but it just seems weird that like that's private and not, I mean, you can see when people buy something for a listed price, it's like, why is that so Right. Why is it private? I mean, shouldn't we yeah. know how much yeah, something actually like see, sold for? Yeah, because it's not like you see usernames or anything other than like the seller. Right. And I think with eBay, you actually you used to be able to see who bid on things and they don't do that anymore. Oh, like, really? You can't see okay. The, yeah, because I've been on eBay since I was like 12. And I mean, and I'm that part I get, you know, not seeing usernames. But yeah, why can't yeah. you know what something was actually purchased for? That seems weird. Yeah, because like a lot of times and I can see why, like if you see like, oh, my God, this was listed for a thousand dollars and they took best offer. Mm -hmm. You would be thinking if I would listed something for a thousand dollars, I'm not going to want to go too much lower than that. Right. Right. So you would be thinking, OK, this this item is worth, I don't know, maybe nine hundred to a thousand because mm -hmm. logically and I think like intended like that is how this feature 
supposed to work. Yeah. And because of that, it's then like really great to to inflate numbers and collectability of things. Ooh, that's sneaky. It is sneaky. It mm. is it is real sneaky. And it kind of ties into just like the final thing I, I really wanted to talk about with Beanie Babies is like one, I, I really think it just kicked off collectibles in a way that we hadn't seen before because of like it coming up with eBay and also just like the internet existing then. But I also feel like two, my point is uh, adults just ruining things. <laughs> So there is a, a nerd store I go to and they have a limit on certain products like Pokemon cards. Mm -hmm. Brilliant Stars, for instance, it's like a set and you can only buy three per person per day because adults would come in and truly they would buy all of them. And then like kids couldn't get them. Yeah. And, and I get it. Like, I don't think you there should be any like age range of what you're allowed to collect as long as you're not like, I don't know, hurting somebody. Yeah. Or whatnot. Like, I don't I don't care. Like, I, I'm around a lot of nerds and a lot of us have like, I love Legos and that could be seen as childish, but I collect them and they're fun and whatnot. So it's not so much like uh, adults shouldn't be buying these packs, but it's the idea that like there has to be limits on it. It's it's like the FOMO and the greed that really mm -hmm. frustrates me. And, and I've seen people like push back against it or be really pissed when like a new product comes out and they'll be like, well, what do you mean? I can't buy all of them. Like I'm offering to buy all of them. And I'm glad the story doesn't do that because it's it's like, yeah. And then like you would get all of them and probably flip them. And then they're going to have to tell like a nine-year-old like, oh, sorry, this 45-year-old guy was like really bitchy and bought them all in one day because he has like grown up money. And so that he can resell them for much more and be a dick about it. Yeah. yeah no, I hate that. And even Scalpers. as you were, even as you were talking about like the beanie baby craze with, you know, all the adults like buying up the store stock, I'm like, that's so shitty. Like they're stuffed animals and you're going to go buy up a store stock. So like an actual kid who can actually afford it because they were only like five bucks, as you said, can't get one. I just, I hate that. Yeah. I really, like I said, I partake in a lot of nerd hobbies. And I think the worst thing about fandoms are the people. It's the fans. <laughs> like, yeah. And and that's like adults ruin collecting so hardcore and are like the worst part of collecting a, as a hobby or a community. Like we, we are like consistently the worst part of said hobbies. And it, it's like, it's not like saying like, oh, you're 45, you shouldn't go buy a pack of brilliant stars. No. It's just like have some self-awareness and touch some grass and like. <laughs> touch some grass. No, seriously, touch some fucking grass. No. So that's. <laughs> I'm going to tell somebody that the next time they're like out of line be like you know what buddy go touch some fucking grass yeah no it's a great it's a great line yeah it is a great line and it is a great thing to do i'm not laughing at the actual action you are supposed to like ground yourself by putting your extremities in grass but i just wasn't expecting you to say that i love your reaction to it i did not this is a very common um it's the thing that people um, say insult yeah, especially with um, it's used a lot in gaming where if like people are being really <laughs> dickish or like way too intense or like somebody's taking something too seriously yeah. or it's like you're a fucking cheater, blah, blah, blah. It's just telling them like, go touch some grass, buddy. Like, I've like you've been doing this too long. That. You need to go outside. It's yeah, it's great. I highly recommend using it. OK, I will. 
no, so I highly, I just highly recommend the, the sage advice slash kind of insult of go touch grass. Use it like when you're at one of the girls' games. If one of the parents are, is getting too intense, you can just be like, go touch some grass. I see. I love this. This is like blowing my mind. But I thought, I didn't know it was a gaming thing. Like I thought you literally are supposed to like to ground yourself. Like you're supposed to like take your shoes and socks off and like put your bare feet in grass and just like mm. let your feet be feet in grass, I guess. So I thought you were like being super like, yeah, like go ground yourself, like put your feet in some grass. And I was like, yeah, go put your feet in some grass. I I mean, yes and no. Yes. It's like, yes and no. It's like, you've been sitting on your Xbox and playing games for six hours and you, you've lost, like, you're like cussing people out and making threats to their family because they're doing better than you in overwatch like you need to go touch grass like you need to get out of your house and like just take a step back and uh, get some priorities and i love that so much i'm gonna say it all the time you should it's excellent okay thank you yeah i i that is my advice because i the the few people who listen i know a lot of them are nerds and just make sure you're touching grass touch that grass touch the shit out of that grass Mm -hmm. just feel that grass up wiggle your toes in it (laughs) <laughs> the FOMO, it, it's really easy as an adult or a neurospicy to get like caught up in it. But it also, one, the obsessiveness, it causes stress that you don't need to have. And then two, it's really easy to be greedy and just to ruin it for other people. Mm-hmm. I've seen people get really like at this store, I've seen get people get like really serious and it's adults and it's mostly men um, get like so serious and like belligerent. And, and just the idea of like, you can't, you feel like you've truly been wronged because somebody told you you couldn't buy like three Pokemon ETBs yeah. in one day and you're like losing it. How do you not have self-aware? How are you not embarrassed? How are you not cringing? I'm cringing. Just don't be cringe. Because I haven't touched any grass in a while. Yeah. Obvs. Obvs. That is, I, I, that's all I got for Beanie Babies. That's a very short episode this week. On the Bene Bebe. Bene Bebes. I mean, I don't feel like there's really probably that much more to say, yeah? There's some weird crime about it. (laughs) There's more weird crime. Like, (laughs) there was a a story of one guy shot his coworker, and it was supposed to be, like, I think they said it was, like, a fight about something else, but then they realized that they, like, shared a crazy expensive Beanie Baby collection together or something like that. See, don't share collections. It's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it was not a good idea. And then I I've seen these photos. It's of a couple, oh, and they're no. both on the floor of the court. Like they're in court. It's divor- they're getting divorced, and they're splitting up their Beanie Baby collection in front of a judge. And it's no, yes. Is that a normal thing to do? Like bring your possessions into the courtroom and split them up in front of a judge? And I think it's like when things are so intense that they have to have a mediator. The judge is like, okay, bring your tote full of stuffed animals and we will divide them up right here, right now. What if the judge was like, you know what? I'm confiscating all of these. And then he kept them and then he sold them on eBay. His (gasps) entire, I'm sending you the photo right now, by the way. Oh, thank you. Office is just like beanie baby, beanie baby, beanie baby. (laughs) So this is, I'm reading it from the Huff Post. Uh, it was 19, I think 1999. Yeah, Los Angeles, Nevada. Um, this attorney looks over papers while his clients sort out Beanie Babies. 
Did you say Los Angeles, Nevada? Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And I'm actually just look sick. It's uh, let's see. It says the couple were uh, who were divorced four months ago were ordered to divide up the collection valued at twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars, but were unable to do so by themselves. That's not even that much. Oh, well, look at her. Look at them go. She's got loafers and a pantsuit. And I like how there's like they each have their own pile, and then there's the big pile. <laughs> In the middle, and they're like having to do draft picks. And who are these people in the back that are having to watch this? Very disappointed family and friends, I'm imagining. Most of the people are going like this. You have to describe it, Riley. This is an oh, audio Oh, sorry. Format. They've got like a finger up to their lips or they're, they're like resting a head on their hand. Like, like I said, I think it's just like very disappointed family and friends. Oh, Okay. Well, that's let's just agree upsetting. that there's a lot happening. There's a whole lot happening in this photo. And I'm pretty sure I see the little wire haired dog. That's making me really sad because he doesn't need Aww. to go through that. No, he doesn't need to go through a divorce. No. Well, I thought they brought people together, but they only tear families apart. Ooh. I mean, that's really, you know, the dark, the dark underside of Beanie Babies. As let's just let's just, a little refresher um, from Detective Timothy, who may or may not be a stuffed animal. Once again, Beanie Babies are so innocent and childlike, and heroin is so evil. <laughs> it's a perfect dichotomy. Was he also the dare officer that said knocking dare would be like kicking your mother, saying apple pie doesn't <laughs> taste good? He has the same I- energy. <laughs> Would like to think that they're related. Okay. Or in love. <gasps> they're a couple. Maybe they found <gasps> each other. Aww. You know, it'd be really funny if they're both. I could see like a detective being like, I could see the homophobia is what I'm going to, is just what I'm saying. What, it, oh, what if okay. I mean, we got sued for slander and they're like, we're not gay together. I <laughs> will die on this hill. They're in love. I'd rather marry a beanie baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather marry a beanie baby. (laughs) Oh, good job, Sid. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Totally unrelated. Real quick, Uh because I know you're tired. Did you see that they are remaking Mean Girls? And what are your initial thoughts on that? Whoa. Uh, I did not see that. I only saw the Mean Girls commercial for um, a box store. That was actually pretty funny and it made me mad because I don't like that store, but it was really well done. They're uh, really no, good. I, <laughs> wow. They're remaking. That's. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to have to trailer. do some research and think about it and come back to you yeah. next week. Yeah, we feelings. can discuss next week. I will say that Tina Fey is still in it and involved, which does give me hope. That d- does make me feel better, yeah. But par- very, a very big part of me, though, is still like, I don't know if I want that. Well, it's just like, do we need that? No, I don't think we need it, for sure. I, f- I feel like remakes make sense when the technology is a lot better or when things no longer hold up or like, like cultural references or things are like, it's like, oh, this was a really great film, except for all the racism. Let's remake it and take right. it. But I'm like, Mean Girls still holds. I like, I don't know what you could do now that, I mean, I guess you could like incorporate more cyberbullying, but... Yeah, it does look like they have some um, like viral moments, at least from what I saw in the trailer. 
uh, yeah, the only other thing I could see, like basically the one thing, because it truly is like a perfect movie. And that's the hill I'm going to die on this week is Mean Girls is a perfect movie. Absolutely. I'll be dead with you on that hill. Perhaps more diversity. I feel like they could have probably had more like characters of color in the cast. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in in the main cast, they could have. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that would be the one thing. But again, it wasn't. Like you said, it's not like it was super racist or anything. So it's like, ooh, why don't we redo that and give people something else to watch? Like, it's it's a perfect film. I'm curious. I'll have to go uh, watch the trailer. Go and watch get the back trailer. It just came out. The trailer just came out like two days ago. I, I sent it to you. Okay, no, now I'm pissed. I sent it to you and mom on Instagram when it came out. Neither of you responded to me. I've been getting so many. Okay, because there's like a group message with just you and mom. And then there's you, mom, me and Beth. And then we have them replicated on Instagram. And then I have friends who message me on Instagram and also TikTok and texting. And I love I love people that people are thinking of me because I need constant reassurance that I'm loved. But it's gotten really overwhelming lately. So I've just stopped answering anything for a little bit and I'll get back. What you're telling me is that you're really sorry, but you can't help it that you're so popular. Yes. I love how that sounds. (laughs) Nailed it. Mean Girls reference. (laughs) I'm sorry that everybody just has a big lesbian crush on me. (laughs) Oh, that's another good one. We might need to watch that again soon. Yes. Maybe you should cover it next week. Actually, now that we've been talking about it, I'm like, maybe I should because it's on our mind now. And if we're going to discuss it next week anyway. Yeah, we should do it. And then we can both watch it. And then you can tell me about it. And I can just sit and be entertained. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're going to watch Mean Girls this week and talk about it next week. How about that? So get in the podcast, losers. We're podcast. Nope. Cut it. I would like to leave now, please. You've reached Sid and Riley. We can't come to the phone right now. So leave a message after the beep. Ruining Our Childhood was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Psych. But it is produced by us, Riley and Cassidy. With music by Joseph Tuna Medish. You can follow us on Instagram at ruiningourchildhoodpod. Or send us an email at ruiningourchildhoodpod at gmail.com. Support the show through our coffee account, ko-fi.com slash ruiningourchildhoodpodcast. Later!